0: Are the universe so beautiful through all of the herd we'll stand invincible so beautiful we'll take on the world we'll take on the world what's up hysterical people So we're back with part two of my conversation with the Grandmothers for Reproductive Rights. Today, we're going to go into more detail about the anti-abortion centers, commonly known as crisis pregnancy centers, and the ROE program at GER, which stands for Reproductive Options Exist, which empowers and educates people to expose the tactics and uh, gaslighting that anti-abortion centers propagate. And we're also going to discuss how just by talking about abortion more regularly with our friends and neighbors and loved ones, we can help to end the stigma that's been plaguing our society for so many decades. So here we go. Part two of my discussion with the grandmothers for reproductive rights, Elaine and Sarah. Very conservative
1: leaning Republicans are hoping that the anti-abortion centers are like their front line to stopping abortions. So we know that that, you know, there's a tip, but Ohio is something that we need to celebrate and then tighten back up and keep moving because we cannot be complacent about wins that we get because they, we need more of them.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. So, uh, you know, I'm in California and I don't feel like it's the same landscape as it is in these other states. So let's talk about these anti-abortion centers which they call themselves crisis pregnancy centers first off the numbers are astounding you know there's like probably more than three times the number of actual of these stupid crisis pregnancy centers um, than there are actual abortion clinics and they fool people into thinking that they're in a safe place that they can talk freely but then they brainwash them and gaslight them into making a different decision you know so Elaine, it sounds like GER is involved in sort of helping educate and coach people on how to spot these and go up against them. Can you talk a little bit about that and how how GER gets involved?
1: Yeah, we started this project in Maine, because that's where we're based out of. And in Maine, we have three main um, organizations that provide abortions. And we have 11 Anti-abortion centers or um, crisis pregnancy centers. So that's just, you know. Almost you know, four times then. Yeah. So it's way more so than
0: three times, yeah.
1: We know that in the country, there are anywhere from 2,500 to 4,000 AACs or anti-abortion centers in the United States. They are very conservative Christian organizations with the purpose of stopping all abortions. So they use a lot of deceitful tactics, they use a lot of coercion, they use shame, they use manipulations, emotional manipulations on people, because their goal is to stop all abortions. And what our program does is we try to help people recognize where these places are. Because if I stand at like a farmer's market and say, "Do you know, right down the street at And name the organization that's an anti-abortion center people are shocked they are shocked they don't realize it's there also they use a lot of search engine optimization so that if you do a google search and you're looking for an abortion a lot of these places have paid Because they have a lot of money from a lot of big umbrella agencies to make sure that when you put that in a Google search, their agencies will pop up first. If they feel that if they can get you in the door, they are going to keep you by using all this manipulation and slowing down a clock on something that's very time sensitive and shaming you into the position that you're in now, you will choose not to have an abortion. So we try to help people learn how to recognize what those websites look like. We point out where they are in their communities and we tell them where to get really good, legitimate care. We also are trying to do some public health education initiatives in towns and cities that have these anti-abortion centers. We really believe that the truth is going to be the thing that gets these places eliminated and off the radar. We are truth to power and we're we're going out and we're shouting that as much as we can. So we do teach-ins, we do pop-up demonstrations. I have a group of very close dear friends and we go out every week in front of the anti-abortion center where I live or in fr- near the college or near the farmer's market and just give people more and more information about them. They're a danger to the public and we need to educate the public about them so that we are smarter than they are.
2: Well, we have in Arkansas, I think around 40 crisis pregnancy centers, yes. I mean, they're, they are everywhere. And there's one here in my hometown, and they've just recently changed their name from Loving Choices to something, and I can't remember what it is they've changed their name to. It doesn't sound quite so syrupy. They have a van, and I don't know if anybody saw the John Oliver piece on um, his show a couple of years ago about these stork vans crisis pregnancy centers have, they they call them the stork vans. And they are vans that go out and park in public areas and put out their sign that says free ultrasounds, free pregnancy testing, and we do abortion reversal. And so We have the store van that goes to several communities in Northwest Arkansas, and um, they uh, also have a brick and mortar facility that's about a block away from our local high school. And so they are situated in a place, and that was intentional, to be accessible and to have You know, so close that students can walk in on their lunch hour to get abortion counseling. And counseling sounds pretty benign, but the counseling is extremely biased. And it's unlike you, Elaine. That's when I start to lose my words. It infuriates me so much. Actually, a couple of years ago, when they first popped up in their van, I went and played, acted, and asked them all about what they, wow, what is it you're doing? And they brought me into this van and showed me their ultrasound machine and said, we've got progesterone in this drawer here that we can give to people who have taken the first abortion medication dose. And I asked them about doctors. Oh, we have nurses and we have a doctor that is On staff or on retainer, but they had it set up and situated so that when a woman was lying on the bed to the exam table to have the ultrasound, they had the screen situated so that it was up high so that they could show this person, there's your baby. While they were doing the ultrasound and the patient could. View that on the screen while they were actually
1: doing the ultrasound. I was just appalled, but I learned a lot. Having a van where they can be mobile like that, they really target very vulnerable people people who have limited access to comprehensive medical care, which would include reproductive health care and abortion, people who have limited resources. So the fact that they offer a free pregnancy test or a free limited ultrasound, Appeals to people when you don't have a lot of resources. The fact that they offer free stuff for your babies, but nothing is free because you have to attend parenting classes that have a very conservative Christian slant to them in order to earn your baby bucks, in order to get a formula or a diaper or whatever. So if something is free, it is never free. You know, and there is a group, NIFLA, the National Institute for Family and Life Advocacy, which is a big umbrella group that helps these anti-abortion centers learn how to manipulate what they're doing and they were the first big group to really start looking at the effects of ultrasound on people to use it as a way to coerce people to not have abortions you know they took a case all the way up to the supreme court and won so that now anti-abortion centers do not have to really reveal right out in the public whether they support abortions whether they refer for abortions or anything. And as Sarah mentioned, the abortion reversal stuff is totally negated by gynecologists and, and obstetricians. It is not yeah. easy. There's, no. There is no research at all that
2: supports that a high dose of progesterone will negate the efficacy, is the word, of that first dose of abortion
0: medication there's a lot of bullshit out there
1: yeah so they do need to be outed we need to tell the truth about them and if we do it from public health education we are very safe in doing it that way because we have every right to talk about what's true and educational and people need to hear the truth and they need to hear it when they're my age your age we need to help people younger than us, college campuses. We need to teach kids in high school
0: because it it's across the board. And we just want that truth out there, yeah, absolutely. So we need a we have a podcast. We have a blog. We have a film. We got people talking about their abortions just randomly out out and about. But yeah, there's a lot those crisis pregnancy centers, they really are or the anti-abortion centers. I think I like your term better they really are yeah evil they're sort of just set up they're worse than starbucks in the sense that they're strategically placed on one on every corner in the in the, you know where they can have access to the vulnerable folks that get lured in and you know i've spoken to a few abortion clinic providers who have told me that people arrive at the clinic they finally make it to the clinic and they have a, an ultrasound from one of these Bullshit centers and usually the ultrasound isn't even accurate, right? Like so, they poo-poo it and discount it. But yeah, it's gaslighting. It's gaslighting and brainwashing. It's really horrible that they're out there now. I think some states have taken legal action to make the misinformation that they provide uh, illegal. I believe Illinois and maybe a few other states have started to to move in that direction, which is yeah, great. I
1: believe- Some stuff being done in massachusetts what we found up here in maine is that we would rather approach it from public health education than legal because they're always going to fight about their first amendment rights right and right you know free speech freedom of religion blah 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 so we'll just
0: we'll just match you word for word we're just going to be louder than they are. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, it's everything. That's a good point. It's people physically standing out in front of their stupid non-clinics to warn people that this is, you know, bullshit, just like they have their crazy religious Bible thumpers standing out in front of actual abortion clinics, trying to steer people away and steering them to these crisis pregnancy centers. So we just have to be louder, more people, more boots on the ground. I think if somebody is just out there somewhere in a red state and wants to get active, they should join your organization and then just kind of be a satellite uh, for tackling and going against the anti-abortion clinics in their area, for example, with your row program. And then also the education piece, the keyboard warrior, the idea that anybody can just, you know, like you're, you're having a conversation at Thanksgiving and somebody says something that's wrong. You got to stand up. And even if it's your uncle and, you know, you don't want to cause a big kerfuffle like Thanksgiving, you got to stand up for this. And cause this is our livelihood, you know, my livelihood for sure. My, I, Like Sarah said, I wouldn't be here without my abortion when I was 16. And mine was very easy because I was in California and it was, you know, after Roe. But that's why I'm so passionate about these folks that are not having this um, ability to to make Decisions for their own life.
1: I used to be worried about those conversations with the old uncle at Thanksgiving because it was like we have to keep peace and harmony in the family. However, what I've, I'm learning too, and it gets easier, is that we have common ground about a lot of things. And if we start with common ground, and if we're at Thanksgiving, we could be talking about that turkey and stuffing. And then we just lead in, into other conversations and knowing that we're not going to change his mind. At this first conversation, but just by the fact that we can talk about it and want to talk about it and then come back to it is really important because we have got to be talking about it. We have got to be able to say abortion and abortions because in the past people didn't. We we were even shamed and there was to say the word abortions no more I was very reticent when
2: I first got on social media to be outspoken about my position about abortion I was very guarded with my posts and the things that I would share just because I have a lot of former teacher friends and acquaintances who are extremely conservative and I didn't want to offend anyone but I've decided now I don't care who I offend and so over time it gets easier to say the A word if you say it in public and um, I think that that's one thing that destigmatizes the shame that's associated with abortion is is just being able to say it
1: out loud Exactly. I have a big yellow sign in my yard that says "Ger," and then it says Grandmothers Reproductive Rights Center and a friend of mine came up to me not too long ago he's like Elaine I've got to ask you a question and I'm like okay what does that GER sign in front of your house mean I know you must be angry about something so I told him what it was I said, Oh, it's grandmother's reproductive rights. And he looks at me, I said, we are a pro abortion culture change organization. He's like, Okay, thank you very much. And, you know, but he heard it, and he knows, and we still love each other, even though I'm not quite sure where he stands on this. And the next time the conversation will be different. So it's just getting that out there, you know wear your girl button or wear a girl shirt and people will ask you what does that mean
0: and then you start your conversation. Yeah absolutely I've, I've definitely evolved my um, vernacular. There you go very proud. I did that
2: at a at one of my political meetings of senior democrat several months ago and I would and I had my shirt on and unbuttoned it. And they were all just going nuts. So that's what I I flagged people with my T-shirts.
0: People, when they see the messaging and it it resonates with them, they do get excited. I have about five or six different abortion type shirts. And um, I wore all of them when I was out on the road doing the film in, in Oklahoma and Texas. And especially in Tulsa and Dallas, I went to church Wearing the shirt that says "He who hath not a uterus should STFU, shut the fuck up," and then it has like it's a fake Bible verse, so it says Philippians thirteen thirteen, as if it's a Bible. Now I've seen that on signs at rallies and stuff, and I had to I had to buy the shirt, so the shirt exists. So I wore that shirt to a couple of different Unitarian Universalist churches, so that you had to pick the right church. They loved it. They were especially the men were coming up to me, "Oh my god, I want a copy of that." I want a shirt for my daughters. One guy was going to buy four different shirts for his four different daughters. And I thought, wow, this is great. So yeah, it, it sparks a conversation. There, There's no question about that. And to your point, Elaine, you know, you don't know where that, your, your neighbor, where his thoughts lie, but at the same time, you know, he now knows where you are. And so he can either avoid you or engage in conversation with you. I think it's been so important for me to talk about it more now. I say the word abortion much more now than I ever did um, even a year ago. Yeah, the other day I was at a networking event that's not at all about reproductive Rights and talking to somebody about the film. I used to say pro choice documentary. And then I corrected myself and I said, Well, it's actually kind of a pro abortion documentary. And my friend who was with me, who's a lot younger than me, was embarrassed for me. And she literally tried to correct me so that I wouldn't embarrass myself in front of the lady I was talking to. And I said, No, I'm going with abortion, pro abortion. She said, It's not like pro abortion. It's not like we love abortion. And I go, yeah, we do. We think we it's it's important. We don't like want to go out and have one every day, but we need it. It's important. So I pushed back on her. And that whole exchange was something I would never have done in even just a year ago. So I consider myself one of the kind of more vocal activists out there. And if I'm evolving, everybody's going to be evolving in however, whatever increments they can do to get to, to where they need to be. Yeah, it's a whole movement. And uh, thank you for the listeners, because you're part of it. Too. And thank you both for being here today. All right. This was so amazing. God, I learned so much. I'm always learning. And it's so important. I uh, appreciate you. Um, appreciate the organization. Appreciate all you're doing to help get the word out, get messaging out, help um, support people who want to be active and who don't know where to start and providing all of the teach and education. And like we have a website. And if people are interested in our Roe
1: campaign, they could go to roe at gurnow.org. I don't know
0: if you can show that or put that on or. Yeah, whatever. I'll add the links to the notes. Yeah.
1: And we
2: just appreciate getting the message out.
0: So thank you, ladies, for joining me, the ladies from Grr, everybody. And thank you, everybody who's listening out there. Uh, we're going to give you lots of links and good ideas to take action. So stay hysterical, everybody. We- Universe, so beautiful, through all of the hurt we'll stand Invincible, so beautiful, we'll take on the world 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 We'll take on the world